That's outstanding. Like a farmer in his We are an ecosystem of things and ideas. I can pick up some more big words like portmanteau and soliloquy. My middle name is innovation, and my other middle name is paradigm shift. Carry on, James. Carry on. We're going to serve up some juicy stories like a hot plate of pancakes. Hey, loyal casties. I wanted to let you know before we start this podcast that, as always, we've got another great industry interview lined up. We're also going to be playing a couple of games later in the podcast. But unbeknownst to James, we're actually playing a third game throughout the podcast where I try to get him to say a number, any number. And every time he does, we're going to play a little sound effect. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to tally them all up and see how many he said. All right. It's time for another edition of the Channel Futures podcast, Coffee with Craig and James. I am the editorial director of Channel Futures. Joining me, as always, our senior news editor, Mr. Anderson, Mr. James Anderson. James, how the heck are you? Craig, I'm doing well in this glorious July uh, uh, weather environment. How are you doing, Craig? It's nice. I, I love I love summer myself, especially since we uh, moved up out of the uh, Arizona desert to the hills. So it's uh, it, it's much nicer now. James, I wanted to point out that this is the uh, I had to write this word down. This is the Quasque Centennial episode of the podcast uh are you aware of what that word means technically it's not an exact fit but are, are you familiar with the word that's actually my first time using it or yeah described as that like that's in, that's an incredible word craig nice nice find it, it refers to a certain number of years but in this case it would, let's drop the centennial portion and it would refer to this being the what number podcast do you know? Two hundred and no, no, we 20? we no, we we haven't done uh, we haven't done two hundred episodes of the podcast. You oh, want to give it another oh, shot? Oh, oh, In yeah. fact, we just did this interview uh, with uh, Comcast business Craig Schlagbaum a little oh. bit ago. In fact, it was just moments ago where where I referenced the the number of the podcast. So, does that help? I don't count very well or read back numbers that well, but is it 125th? Ding, ding, ding. Very good. 125 podcasts. Now, it, it's taken us uh, seven years <laughs> to do the 125, so it's not like we've been cranking these out every week, but we, we've been doing a decent job um, at least through the first four months of the year. Then we hit the Channel Partners Conference at Expo, and we, we slowed down a little bit. But I'm telling you, James, with with summer kicking into into high gear, uh, we're gonna we're gonna knock out a bunch more of these podcasts, and and this is uh, an exciting one we've got on tap today. So I'm pretty excited. Craig, we're just continuing to oil that machine. You know, we're we're pumping it out, cranking it out. <laughs> so so let's talk about uh, what we're doing, uh, what we just. Uh, came off doing with the 4th of July. It's one of my favorite holidays. Uh, what were you up to? A little, a little personal deep dive action for, for the for the casties out there. Oh, Craig, I think it, it was some family time, um, just hanging with the siblings and nephews and parents and uh, just getting out, being in the sun, 
just just trying to soak it in, you know, nice, pleasant midweek time off, you know, that's yeah, always it, a good time. What about you? It doesn't happen. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, right? right? It's only what, three times out of seven that it lands uh, in the middle of the week. So it's nice to have me. Uh, you know, I didn't do anything uh, more than what you're just kind of talking about hanging out with family uh, up here in the hills. It's kind of nice avoiding that uh, desert heat uh, that I've experienced in years past. So uh, it was a good time. It was a good time. And now uh, here we are. Here we are back at it, back, back at work. But uh, it's good. It's all good. Love to, love to hear that. We, we're kind of we're kind of kicking it in gear, right, Craig? Not just on the podcast, but um, here at uh, uh, Channel Partners, Channel Futures HQ. I mean, we are we are gearing up for uh, that next event. Yeah, we're already talking about it, right? Uh, after such a successful CP Expo this year, uh, we've got the second annual Channel Futures Leadership Summit coming up. That's in Miami, uh, October 30th to November 2nd. Uh, we're just starting to get the agenda built out on the website, so look for that here in the next uh, few days. I'm I'm excited, James. I've been to Florida many times, but never to Miami. So looking forward to hanging out on uh, South Beach with you there. Likewise, you know something for the bucket list, Craig. Should be should be lovely. Lots of lovely people um, in the channel that are going to be there um, to talk about. So many different things, right? You know, it's the Channel Leadership Summit that's sort of the, uh, I don't know, the umbrella, Craig, but you also have the MSP Summit and the Women's Leadership Summit. Um, and uh, that's a number of different elements to the summit. How many, how many elements was that? Three? Gosh, you were really pouring on with the math questions for me today, Craig. <laughs> I do my best. I do my best. I figured that was a little easier than the, than the first one. Uh, it was a few, fewer so. numbers to count. That's funny. So um, with that being said, since, since the summit is still uh, a few months off, I, I thought we'd uh, use this opportunity in this podcast today to talk a little bit more about our media site, which you and I are extremely uh, connected connected to, uh, that being a Channel Futures, which is home, of course, to this podcast, uh, the website needs its due because uh, we're, we're talking about our events a lot. And I, I thought the one thing we should bring up today, definitely, uh, which we've talked on this podcast before, of course, since it's uh, one of our crown jewels who are Channel Futures, is the MSP 501, which uh, was just released uh, here since we had our last podcast Pretty exciting stuff. Always draws a lot of interest to uh, Channel Futures. We unveiled all 501 companies over the course of a full week, so we so we really built the momentum. And I, I know you you love it when the momentum builds, James. Oh, that's the, that's the best sort of verb for momentum to do. You know, build that momentum. To build but, it. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, there is some good good content that we're pretty excited about. Um, that we think is going to serve the managed IT services provider community. Um, obviously, MSP 501 was the big thing in June that that dominated everything and was such a hub of excitement. Um, but there's more, right? Yeah, yeah, there's more. That's worth pointing out. Our uh, MSP 501 senior editor, Jeff O'Hare, has plenty of analysis uh, still to come throughout the year. That's what uh, what is great about the 
MSP501, not only is it the world's most comprehensive survey and ranking of managed service providers, uh, but it's the gift that keeps on giving. Well, we have this fantastic survey and application that all of our MSPs filled out, and there's so much information to glean from that, from different technology categories to uh, rankings as far as uh, where they are located you know, around the world. Uh, a lot of people are always interested in that. Uh, we publish information uh, later in the year on minority and women-owned uh, MSPs, and, and we'll really dive deep into cloud security and some of the other technologies and how those are being sold uh, within the channel by uh, MSPs and monitored and, and so on and so forth. So it's some pretty cool stuff. And there's already some level of aggregate data that that has been shared. Mm -hmm. um, I think you might have saw this on LinkedIn today, but but um, the the number of employees that that entire 501 group that they're employing that that is north of 100,000 100, people. Um, I think the the revenue was it the revenue? It was it was in the billions. It was a big honking huge number. And so there's definitely an excitement to have a group that big um, who are who, who are sharing data like that so that we can actually kind of like put a size and some numbers on the, the scope of the market. That, that's pretty cool and exciting. There you go. You're getting back to numbers. Oh, my gosh. You've just you've just drilled it into me, Craig. It's just it's just happening. <laughs> hey, speaking of numbers, um, as long as we're talking about the MSP 501, it was sort of the uh, genesis for another program that we have here at uh, Channel Futures, which you uh, kind of got behind and, and founded, if you will, or at least co-founded. Uh, and that's our uh, TA, uh, TA Awards, Technology Advisor Awards. You want to talk about uh, what's on tap for that this year? Yeah, so we're we're getting the... the um the TA 101 application and, and nominations um, kind of in order, haven't officially kicked that off yet. Uh, kind of given given some of our um, our folks that were really uh, very frenziedly working on the MSP 501, um, just a, a second to breathe before we'd go right back into that on these technology advisor slash agent focused awards that last year were really about unveiling for the first time like the who's who in the technology advisor space and really was kind of a first time to like across all of the the TSDs across the industry um, get some consensus from from different folks about who is really pushing this channel forward from a from the partner side and um so we did that. We feel good. We felt good about how it went, but we're really in it um, this year to kind of uh, just enhance the quality of it, um, dive deeper into it, um, add some level of um, specialized awards, um, try to try to recognize some of the different things that different companies do well, and um, really just enhance that quality of it this year and 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 keep uh, and really really work to put out a list of people that we feel like are the best of the best when it comes to representing this industry. So um, I have to wait a little bit on the official official dates on that, but it is coming down the pipe. That's for sure. 
Yeah, very, very soon. And again, how many uh, award winners are there? 101. <laughs> there we go. Thank you. Yeah, looking forward to the next iteration of that and how that's really going to evolve uh, this year. Uh, we have talked about how much excitement there is around our MSP 501 awards, and, and now we've got this awards program that's uh, I expect is really going to take off. But who knows, James? I mean, do you have a goal for how many we might actually have on this list in, in years to come? I don't want to put you on the spot. Is it going to increase? You know, it is tough to say. There, there's always those conversations of, do we want this to be the TA 501? Um, it's it, obviously that we, we do believe that there are fewer um, agents and there are MSPs in the world. Um, but I think, I think definitely the total number of awards that are going out, um, it'll be more than just a list of 101 names um, in the future. It's going to, it's going to expand. I would say, uh, yeah, definitely. It's going to, ex definitely. It's going to expand um, in some shape or form. I'm sorry. I'm coy. You're on, you're on the spot there. <laughs> I, I, did, I did that too. That was terrible. <laughs> Okay. Um, but no, it, it is going to, no doubt, because of all of, all of the uh, fervor that has been built up already in just uh, its short history. So well done. We look forward to that. And of course, we'll put uh, some information on the landing page of this podcast and channel futures about the MSB 501 awards, about applying for the TA 101 since that's coming up. And uh, we, we look forward to seeing all those applications for it. So, James, uh, speaking of the website, uh, we will chat a little bit, as we tend to do on this podcast, about some of our favorite news stories uh, from the past few weeks, uh, just a little bit later. But maybe you can uh, set up our guest for the podcast. Yeah. Um, I can't recall if I recalled it, if I, if I referred to him as a godfather or one of the godfathers, uh, but Craig Schlagbaum of Comcast Business and Maysergy is really one of the OGs of the service provider channel. I like uh, that. I like that. And when Comcast yeah. and Macergy came together, about how how long ago now? It hasn't been that long, right? I want to say that was twenty twenty one. That sound right to you, Craig? Yeah, that does, that sounds about right. If if that's wrong, we probably won't fact check to ourselves. So. <laughs> yeah. So Craig's a. Uh, 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 on one hand, a, a builder in the industry, as he kind of describes in this conversation with us, but also um, kind of a, a watchman in the industry. And and um, there have been some really good conversations with him this year, whether, whether it's him on panels, um, kind of being an advocate for the industry, um, or just, just kind of speaking um, with partners, with us um, about his um hopes and uh, opportunities ahead for this indirect channel so absolutely yeah i mean he's been on our uh, channel future circle of excellence uh in fact i believe he won a lifetime achievement award a couple of years ago and uh also are one of our channel influencers uh, of the year uh in past also so the, the guy has been with uh, comcast business for many years and and as you said i like that godfather the OG. Absolutely. So, so let's, uh, uh, let, let's roll into that interview. What do you say? It was a oh, call. let's do it. Let's do All it. Right. Hey, everyone. We're pretty psyched today to be joined by Craig Schlagbaum, the SVP and channel chief of Comcast Business Macergy. 
Uh, Craig is really one of the fixtures in this channel, um, particularly as you're looking at the, the service provider um, network side of the channel. Um, as someone I love picking his brains about uh, what's going on in the space, Comcast business and Mace it's one of, I, I think, Craig, you would say it's probably the largest provider that is working in this agent model. Um, so it's always fascinating to just get a sense of uh, kind of the pulse that you're feeling, uh, Craig. And I know I'm saying the name Craig, and it's fun <laughs> seeing both of you nod your heads when I do that. It gives me a sense of power. Um, welcome to the show, Craig Schlagbaum. <laughs> Thanks. Great to be here and uh, do it again. I think we did it a few years back the first time. It's good to be doing it again. Yeah, so we were we were talking about that before we got started rolling. We weren't actually like numbering our podcasts like we do now. This is actually podcast one twenty five in the series. But uh, back in the day, you were you were on the podcast before it even had a number. So I couldn't. I know it was one of the first three. I don't know if it was the very first, but uh, we're we're certainly glad to have you on again. Yeah, it's great to be here again, and right before the Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, right. there you go. There you go. So, Craig, James alluded to, you know, you've been in, in your position for a long time now, really one of the longest tenured uh, channel chiefs in the business. I'd be curious to ask you in a, in a day and age when we really see channel leaders only in their position. I think Jay McBain did a study, said it was an average of two years. Well, what's been the key to your longevity and, and the success of the Comcast business and now Mazer G channel? Well, and I've been in this side of the channel since, you know, call it 2000 timeframe. So now it's like 23 years. Before that, I was in the high tech channels at places like IBM and Lotus and other places. I, I stayed in it, though, because this service provider arena to me is electric. And, and in the early days, it was more about more commoditized products. Today, it's really matured into the sale of things like cloud and security solutions and SD-WAN. It's not just about voice and connectivity. And... The other part is I really wanted to make a dent in a company and uh, I didn't inherit somebody else's program. I built it from scratch with my team from zero revenue. And now, you know, we're approaching a billion dollars. And, and so me, to me, it's a testament to what can be done in this channel. And I've always been a builder of channels, never uh, someone who's inherited someone else's channel. And I like that a lot. And it's also been exciting because we've matured from really simple sales back in the day of basic coax circuits and only in the markets we serve to now globally selling solutions across every market in the United States and all over the world. We couldn't do that before. So all the while we've added new challenges, new opportunities and new partner species, and it's made it exciting. And uh, mo most important of all, I'd say I've built a great team. I love my team and they have about as much equal tenure as I do on the team. And you're right. It's, it's rare to see that in these channels. It's more of a journeyman model. But at Comcast, it's a different situation, and the team has endured. I love it. Um, you know, you you mentioned briefly the, those international capabilities. Um, I assume kind of were associated with the acquisition of of Macergy. Um, any insights you'd have on being able to interface with some of these customers that have a, a global footprint? Like, what's that been like? How that? How that changed, how, how you've had to um, evolve to some of those deals? Well, and we've been lucky in the last few years, especially since we bought Maestrogy, there's been some very large deals go down. And, and ironically, from partners that are based in the US, but have managed to find ways 
to, to meet customers in Europe and do business with them, even though they don't have physical locations there. And so they've sold deals where those customers are headquartered in Europe, but actually have locations in the United States. And they were able to do that remotely without face-to-face -face visits in the middle of COVID. And since then, um, there's new opportunities that aren't closed yet, but very large deals out of countries in the UK and Germany that are on the docket now that the agent model has been very successful in securing. And so I think uh, it's changed the algorithm of what a partner could do, not only what we can offer in terms of the solutions nationally and, and globally, but also that partners based in the US, for example, can sell those opportunities. And in the inverse, partners based in Europe can sell opportunities over here. So we've seen a whole new dynamic of uh, funnel opportunity that wasn't available to us before. But also we've seen the power of the channel, what they can do when they are able to offer uh, a complete solution. And, and it often involves Comcast and other providers too. So it's not just us alone, which really further demonstrates the value of the channel. You know, Craig, James is telling me about uh, this uh, recent retail deal that uh, with a, a partner of yours that got some uh, major buzz. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about that use case? Well, that's an exciting one. It was the largest we've ever done. And that just happened to close right around the time that we were doing channel partners. So we actually did a little champagne toast with that partner. But that partner had a lot of experience being a part of companies like Cisco and Zoom and had a lot of experience with CIO level uh, contacts that they had from the past. And they were able to bring those contacts to bear. And they really were an advisor uh, in the truest sense of the word, where they were involved in every step of it on acting on behalf of the client in order to manage it. But at the same time, we had our national accounts team working side by side with them. And it was really a great example of a win-win story where it wasn't just the partner, it wasn't just the national accounts team, but every day and every week working together to get the deal closed. And it showed what we could do, but it also became a footprint um, and a blueprint of what's possible. And we're we're expanding on that. We have the most teaming opportunities we've ever done in our history, which of, co of course, consequently has increased the sales to the highest level that we've ever seen. And, you know, just through the first half of the year, our fiscal first half just closed out and we're well over hundred percent to plan on the Comcast plan and inching it uh, towards that on the Masergy plan as well. But it's because in part of very large deals, not just that one, but many others where teaming in the past was not a reality for us and now has become a way of life. And so I think this, this story is a great story, but it also shows other agents what is possible when they focus on this area and what we can do together with them. Yeah, I love love the sound of more teaming. Um, and so we it was really exciting to meet, to meet those partners. Um, uh, Craig, I know you're passionate about bringing new blood into the space and kind of looking to get people that maybe they didn't previously realize what uh, what a cool space this is, what a cool business model this is. Um, and so I know we've talked in the past about as you as you have people that are retiring, that are selling their businesses, um, just the importance of getting a new base of partners um, all across the channel. How do you see that that trend changing? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, if you look at all the partners who are selling or have been purchased, et cetera, I think the overwhelming trend would be that most of them started their career in some sort of a telecom company, an ILEC or 
or cable company or other. And that is the historical genesis of, and birth of most agent partners and where they came from. Um, but that model's changing. And now we're seeing companies that are closing very large deals with us, companies that are billion dollar firms that are consulting companies um, that have built out a kind of cloud solutions practice where they also function as agents in some capacity. In part of their group, there are partners like the one that closed uh, a very large deal for us that you talked about that you know had a uh, background in being in an IT company, Cisco. And there's even partners from places like in Arizona, there's a partner we work with that works with, of all things, an accounting firm that sells accounting services. But those same reps also go to their customers talking about how they can secure their infrastructure, their connectivity, their networks. And they're developing new practices and new uh, routes to market because they can talk as much about accounting services as they can talk about security and cloud and other things. And so then there's revenue sources that go beyond what they used to do. So we're seeing that happen as well. And, and I think there is still some of the classic MSP partners out there that either do become agents in some capacity and or more likely they send referrals to agents and they build sort of these um, underground partnerships that nobody knows about, but they exchange leads with one another. And that to me is actually one of the most common methods of by how the agent world works with the traditional IT partner world is, is the exchange of leads working together in, uh, in a kind of an alliance capacity. Yeah, so Craig, I'm interested in uh, talking a little bit about uh... The relationship between the TSDs and partners, uh, the vendors like yourself, the TSD commissions race is is really out in the open now with ScanSource uh, publicly commenting on an earnings call that it has had to stay competitive with points pass through. Uh, what do you see there? And could you reiterate some of the concerns that you've mentioned in the past? Yeah, well, it was bound to happen when you have fewer uh, players and there's been wars on commission amounts in the past. And I've seen some of that. You know, and there's a lot of infrastructure, a lot of cost in supporting these partners. And we, of course, want to invest in that and ensure that our partners uh, that are the TSDs provide the, the best support possible because it, it reflects on our brand. And so we need those partners to do things like developing these partners, uh, doing activities to generate more business, giving them more technical support and, and, of course, operational support. And it's not just about the processing of a commission check. And I've expressed that, you know, hardcore. Now, of course, myself and likely my peers who do what I do have to grow our business, not just with existing accounts, but new logos. And so, you know, if we weren't able to do that, then the value of that two-tier distribution model would start to go into question. So we haven't faced that yet. And hopefully, you know, just through normal competition, some of this rationalizes where people realize uh, that they need to make a certain margin to provide a certain value. Uh, in that equation, but we're a big believer in the two-tier distribution model. It's the same as on the IT side, you know, Cisco, Microsoft, IBM, others believe in it too on that side. We believe it on this side. We, we just need to encourage our TSDs to continue to add the highest possible value and make this uh, more about an overall solution support relationship so that the solution advisor progresses. And only then will we see growth in our revenue and sales. Mm -hmm. Good point. Um, I mean, I'm curious, like, as you're making that feedback known, like, um, is there any indication of what that what that response would would be from the TSD community? Is uh, 
is this just a phase? I mean, well, in the end, you know, I think ultimately the downstream partners in underneath the TSDs are going to dictate the outcome because they're going to demand a certain level of support. And if they're unable to get it, then they're going to go to the service providers directly and say, you know, I can't get the support I need. How can you help me? And the the uh, other you know companies out there that do what we do are going to have to decide how they provide that yeah. if they can't get it from the TSD because we have to grow, right? Everyone has to grow. So we're going to have to find a way. I, I believe the TSDs will do that, but in the end, you know, we've got to support the partners because without them, we don't have a business a anymore, and we need a you know a flow of leads, flow of opportunities, and we got to keep them healthy. Yeah, it's good stuff, Greg. I want to talk a little bit about the marketplaces because it's been such a, a hot topic here in the channel. You know, you could say at least the past year, maybe a couple, but there have been a lot of information coming our way about uh, communication service providers tapping into marketplaces to sell to small business even. But what's the Comcast business perspective on, on both reaching SMBs and digital platforms and, and how do partners fit into that? We have a number of partners that that support and really focus hardcore on that SMB space. We have some that are e-tailers and call center partners that are unique, not really traditional classic agents, but have a unique model. We have others um, that you know find leads from other sources that are online uh, search engine marketing sources, and then they take those customer leads and turn them into uh, real billable customers. So there's partners we have. And that really is how we started our business because all we had was really an SMB portfolio. Um, that's still a significant amount of the business we do, but then there's a larger piece that's mid-market and enterprise now that we have equal focus on. So we're still focused, you know, big time in that space. And we have a lot of uh, the, those customers. In fact, I have a, a director completely focused on that area and a team of people that do nothing but support that side of the market. Uh, because it, it's still a very important part. We've, we've definitely got a lot of share in that market as compared to what we have in the enterprise and mid-market space, but it's still the, the cash cow of the company. And there's a couple of key players in that space that drive a lot of business. There's even some TSDs like you know, AppDirect that have a whole group of people, a call center operation in Chicago that go drive to that space exclusively. And there's others like ClearConnect in Colorado that drive that business as well. So it's a very important piece, and we put a lot of energy behind it. Craig, we've uh, heard from some partners who, um, just as we're scheduling meetings this week, a lot of people were coming back from uh, your recent partner advisory council, um, said they had a great time and um, met a lot of people. Um, any takeaways um, or maybe things that you're mulling over from some of the recent conversations with partners? Yeah, it's a great question. We had them all out in Boulder, Colorado just last week. And, you know, we always try to get maximum amount of feedback in the areas of sales and marketing and products and operations, which are a big piece of everything we do with our partners. And in all those meetings, there's always feedback that comes to us on the right types of products and how to market them, the right additional operational support models um, we may have to develop, for example, further APIs in the systems to make them more robust for partners to use on our portals and their portals. Uh, for example, Cable Finder, uh, which is a great tool that, that our partners use and, and enhance those things. So really, it's just a candid exchange of how do we equally build the business together? And, you know, there's probably 100 great ideas that come out of that thing. And then we pick 
kind of 10 or 20 of the art of the doable ones that we can actually go remedy and work on, which we did again this time. And in fact, you, you preempted me because I just sent the note out yesterday on exactly what I am doing about it. And some of that's confidential, of course, but the, the theme of it all is how do we improve our support, our products, our team, our program? And that's the feedback we get. And we really value it. It's some of the best partners in the industry giving us that feedback and we cherish it. So uh, it's a, a serious thing. And we we do um, very detailed calls with all those same partners every quarter on how we're doing against the things they asked us to improve on. So we take it seriously. It's all part of sort of our NPS score. And we want to make sure that we're listening to our partners on how we can make it better. Sounds like it was a great time, Craig. And James, it sounds like a, a follow-up story is in order coming up pretty soon, except for all that confidential stuff, of course. <laughs> That's what they say, Craig. There's always a follow-up. <laughs> That's good. I appreciate that. <laughs> all right, Craig. Thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Always fantastic uh, catching up with you and, and what's happening with uh, Comcast Business and Mazergy. Thanks, Craig. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. Appreciate you, Craig. All right, James, uh, always great to talk with Craig. I know you connect with him uh, for a lot of insight into the channel, a lot of background for your stories, uh, your articles on the website, in addition to uh, quoting him uh, from time to time. So a lot of information about uh, a lot of different topics, you know, from his work in the cable industry and the channel to uh, comments about TSDs. And, and yeah. you had some, you came up with a lot of those questions that you did credit. So uh, well done. Well done. We got a lot, got a lot out of him in that interview. It was fun, Craig. And I think like if you're a vendor, um, a vendor leader watching, like there's a pretty good like use case on like, you know, we don't, we love a vendor that can actually talk about channel trends, um, not just to, like about your product. And so that's pretty, that. A lot of the times we find that when we talk to vendors, they just want to talk about like how cool the thing they make is. Um, but there's like there's like ways to talk about your company that are like kind of are, are very channel centric and like uh, thought leadership. -y. And so mm -hmm. might be a, might be a good uh, good example for many to emulate. Is that me being passive aggressive, Craig? No, I, I got you. I feel you. Uh, right on. Right on with that, man. Right on. Um, <laughs> that is that is fair. Uh, and so many years uh, for him in the channel as well. That's what uh, that's what's cool to talk to someone uh, with such a background like he's got. All right, James. Uh, I thought we'd have a little fun. I mean, we're always having fun on this podcast, right? And you always. love it when I you love it when I break out the trivia questions. Because most of the time I pull a bunch that are before your time and then you look like you don't know what you're talking about when you're quite the intelligent, uh, intelligent youngster representing the youth of America. But I'm, I'm probably going to embarrass you again today. Is that OK? Yeah, it's fine. I, don't, I, I mean, there there's a significant overlap between um, like public humiliation and like, you know, good, solid, you know, personal branding. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I've got two different games for you uh, today. And what do you know, they both have a cable TV theme, because we just got done talking with Craig from Comcast. What do you think? Apropos? All right. So for this first game, and I have to glance over here, my other monitor, so I, I don't want you to think I'm, I'm not engaged with you here, but uh, to to pull up some of these questions. So the, the first game is a quick little game. Uh, 
where we're going to, I'm going to give you uh, uh, four television channels, cable channels. But in fact, um, only one of them is going to be real. You need to identify which, which one is the real cable TV channel. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. Okay, so here, here we go. And I think this will be pretty easy for you. I really do. But the, the fun of it is actually um, all of the ones that they, they try and trick you with. But uh, we'll see how it goes. Are you ready? I'm ready. They asked you that. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Here are your four to choose from. Cable 10. The Barbecue Channel. Dog World. UPS. That was off. Wait, that was four. That was four. Mm -hmm. Cable 10. UPS. Dog World. Dog World. That sounds like a trade expo. And yeah. um, Barbecue Channel. Yes, correct. Um, <laughs> I, golly, Craig, some of those, it's like one's an acronym. One's like, really sounds like the name of a news show. Um, which makes me think that barbecue one is the real one yeah well i started you off with a trick question because those were all fake channels <laughs> <Jackals. laughs> okay that was terrible okay this one this one will be for real now which one of these is is a real a real channel okay plant universe channel 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 yeah. is that like is that like a is is that like what we write about? <laughs> no, it could be referring to the English Channel, <laughs> the the channel that runs between England and, and the France. Indirect channel. But since I'm not telling you if that's a real channel or not, I don't know whether that's what that is. So let me let me start again. Plant Universe, Channel, Reels, or the Beverage Network. Okay, so reels I think is meant to trick me, you know. Reels I think is meant to make. Reels sounds like something else, which could be. It could just be that I'm being reminded of reels, but I think that you're tricking me. Like I, 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 have, I have a tendency to do that. Yeah, and now it's like, I bet you at this point they're all real. Like they're probably all. Um, all four of them are probably actual channels because you're trying to trick me. That would be good, but I, I no, they, they aren't all actual. This is a legit question. Only one of those is real. Um, let's go with channel. Ooh, no, it was a reels. Oh no, reels is a real is a real channel. Uh, <laughs> that one I've got. I can't remember. There's something like uh. On Patrol Live, that's kind of a big, big show. I believe that is on Reels. Um, it's kind of a big show on cable, one of the biggest ones. Uh, but I could be wrong about that. I don't really know any more about this than you do. I'm just reading these off of a off of a website. Okay, let's do let's do one more. Sure. Uh, just just for kicks. 
because sure. uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this a lot. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, okay, wait, what was Chunnel then? Did they just come up with that? Yeah, these are just these are just words like in a box. Um, wow. <laughs> so, all right, here we go. Which one of these is the real cable channel? CSC. Check two television network. Freeform. Or MS-DOS. That, Craig, I believe is freeform. Ding, ding, ding. Well done. Nice was, work. Okay. Thank you. That was the, ABC Family, right? What's, what's that? Oh, it used to be ABC Family. Yeah, I believe that's correct. So some of the other fake ones on here, just so you know. I uh, should have read this one. Hound News. <laughs> <laughs> that's. Uh, have you seen uh, Notting Hill? That's the very like Notting Hill theme. Oh, yeah, yeah. He very, uh, long, he, very long time ago. He's pretending he writes for uh, Horse and Hound. Oh, yes. Horse and Hound. Wasn't that the one with the line, uh, I'm just a hound standing in front of a boy asking <laughs> him to love me? <laughs> That's very close to what it was. Yes. Yes. Uh, something like that. Good old, good old Hugh Grant, Julia. Uh, so, so what were some of the others? Just some random letters. F-M-A. Anchorman, like there's Anchorman. They tried to trick us with Brava instead of Bravo. Oh, is on here, but uh, anyway, kind of a fun little game. Yeah, all right. Fun, you, Greg. you want to do one more, one more little game here? One also, little, yeah. cable, cable channel, cable, okay. cable theme. Cool. The cable theme. These are straight um, questions, though. Uh, trivia questions uh, without throwing in a lot of uh, silliness. Okay. So here, here we go. Here we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Rock and roll were the first words spoken on what cable channel that launched at 12.01 a.m. on August 1st, 1981? MTV. set up with a softie there. Give me an easy one to get on. I think it's MTV. Ding, ding, ding. Very well done. Okay, here you go. Based in the Atlanta metropolitan area, the third largest cable television provider in the U.S. also has millions of internet subscribers. What is the name of this communications giant that shares its name with an actress from the TV show Friends? Friends. That would be Cox Communications. <laughs> oh, you're two for two. You're doing very well. <laughs> very well. Well, I'm, we're getting you going here. All right. And now we're going we're gonna to make things a little harder here. At least this would be a harder one for me. This could be one you know well with a couple of young nephews. At least I assume this is a kid's, kid's program. Uh... Okay, the Dino or Dino Rescue Patroller is a motorized toy that was a popular item for the 2020 holidays and is inspired by what extremely popular kids' television program? You look like you know this one. You got a smirk. Oh, I've seen it. I, I feel a little bad that... Look, like they're dinosaurs that are, like, they're also vehicles at the same time. It's like merger of toddlers two favorite things that sounds like it would be right based on on the name of this program which yeah. i'm i'm privy to and, and you're not at this right time. but that wasn't that wasn't like the the money question right you wanted to know what the name of the show is the name of the show yeah absolutely and you said the toys are called dino rescue patrol yeah that's so interesting there's a temptation to just say that's the name 
I think it's Dino Patrol. Dino Rescue. Dino Patrol. You are incorrect. (laughs) The name of the program is Paw Patrol. Very close. Very close. Oh, well, yeah. We all know Paw Patrol, but there's also the one where the dinosaurs are vehicles. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I have no idea. Ah, All right, Galbraith. All right, here we go. What teen star launched her career with the twenty or two thousand eight Disney Channel cable channel television film Camp Rock before embarking on a music career with seven top twenty hits as of twenty eighteen and a stint as a judge and mentor on the X Factor when she was probably like twenty years old, which is funny, but she was a mentor. Oh, Craig, what what was the first sentence? It was all one sentence. <laughs> I'll what read it to you. Clause? What, what teen star launched her career with the 2008 Disney Channel TV film Camp Rock before embarking on a music career with seven top 20 hits as of 2018 and a stint as a judge and mentor on The X Factor? This is where it stings, you know, because this really is a millennial banner film that I should know, but I wasn't really watching Disney Channel back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I isn't the guess yet, but like everything is telling me Selena Gomez. But oh, yeah, that's a good thing. That's not your guess. Yeah. Oh, you're always <laughs> messing with my head. Uh, you. Uh, uh, I think Joe Jonas is in that one. <laughs> who's who's the Hillary person? Not Hil- Hillary, not Hillary Swank. Hillary. Uh, Hillary Duff is that you're thinking? Hillary of? Duff, but I think she's a little older than that. Not yeah, Britney Spears. This is a musician, right? Yeah, she um, is. Yeah, very talented not, singer. It's not Vanessa Hutchins. I think no. High School Musical was before. It's uh, it's Selena Gomez. Yeah, no, it's it's Demi Lovato. Oh. But you gave it the old college try there. Okay, I got a, I got a couple more before we run out of uh, time on the internet. Um, <laughs> subtitled The Birth, High Times, and Corruption of Atlantic City, Nelson Johnson's 2002 book chronicling the life of crime boss Enoch L. Johnson inspired the creation of what HBO series in 2010? And I'm going to give you a clue since you didn't come up with it right off the bat. Yeah. I did mention Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yes. lead in this uh, was played by Steve Buscemi. Uh, it's not The Sopranos, then. No. Yeah, is it? Oh, Craig, this is embarrassing. Uh, it's, no, it's uh, all right. Atlantic City? Yeah, Atlantic City. Um, can is you that give in you Baltimore? A little, I'm going to give you a little clue. No, Atlantic City is actually uh, in, in New Jersey. It's a, it's a city. Baltimore is a separate city. Um, <laughs> but I love that you asked that. Um, so the, there's a there's a half of the name of this show is is like one of the most popular board games of all time, which is based on on all the uh, sites around Atlantic City. You got a little top hat and a car you drive around. Sky yeah, Monopoly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, that's Boardwalk not, Empire. Uh, what is Boardwalk Empire? 
<laughs> yes, very good. Thank you. Very good. Thank I'll you. take what is going on. <laughs> I'll take Jeopardy first or uh, TV shows for 600, please, Alex. Speaking of not cable. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let me give you one more. Um, I got I got one more here. I got to find it. Uh, okay, yeah, I think you're going to get this one. Uh, hot in Cleveland, hot in Cleveland, starring Betty White uh, and Valerie Bertinelli, was the first original programming to appear on what network, which is otherwise known for playing classic television? Um, it's either TMC or TCM. Mm, I think yeah. it's I think TMC is a rival trade show publication, so mm. I think it's TCM Turner Classic Movies. Mm, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. sorry. Um, I'm gonna have to believe, I'm gonna bleep you, even though that wasn't like a horrible curse. Um, it was a TV land, TV land. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah. I think we better stop there. You did okay, you, you did all right. Uh, not great, but, but you did okay. It hurts, Craig. It hurts. <laughs> I'm glad that I come up with these. I'm glad I come up with these trivia games more often than you do, so you get to <laughs> answer all the questions. All right, James. So let's uh, let's get serious here. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, the news of the day or the news of the week or, or what, what's happening on the Channel Futures website that you've been uh, following that you think our uh, loyal casties uh, would want to keep up with uh, here if they haven't caught it on the website. Craig, um, we've been doing a little bit of reporting on like global channel trends, um, mm -hmm, yeah. stemming a lot from you and I went to London uh, last month, uh, well, a month and a half ago, and we um, spent some time with some of the, the heads of state, uh, a different channel partner and vendor. The heads of state. <laughs> I went by Buckingham Palace. I, I didn't actually see the king. He didn't. He didn't welcome me in. But, uh... but you know, we 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 did some research while we were there. We and, did uh, heads of state of the channel, if you will, in right. in the UK, right? Right within their own lane. Uh, so we put out a, a story on the trends in the European uh, channel. So just try to get a sense of what's going on there. There's a lot of nuances, but tried to try to capture that as as well as we could. So that one's live. We, we did a lot of work on that and uh, very, very proud of that one. So yeah, that, that, is, that is super exciting, I think, to delve in. I didn't mean to cut you off. I apologize. Um, to, to kind of explore, it's a great read, not only uh, for folks in uh, the UK and uh, Europe and EMEA at large, but uh, for channel partners in the US, I think, to get a perspective uh, in North America, to get a perspective on some of the differences between the two channels. So uh, nice, nice work there. Thanks, Craig. Um, what about you? You know, we've we've had so much going on. A lot of stories have been overshadowed, I think, by our MSP 501 uh, coverage. But uh, we've talked a lot and even on this podcast a number of times about AI. And uh, our esteemed senior editor, Edward Gately, uh, did a story on a little survey that Malwarebytes came out with. Uh, talking about chat GPT, I thought it was uh, pretty interesting in terms of the 
security uh, ramifications and so forth. But I, I guess just looking at some of the stats, one that was particularly interesting, those of us who are close to the industry and always following this kind of stuff, um, it just seems like chat GPT is everywhere, right? I mean, that's mm -hmm. been half of the conversation, it seems like, in 2023. But in this uh, survey that... Uh, that Malwarebytes did, uh, they only found that 35% uh, of the people they surveyed were familiar uh, with ChatGPT. So despite all the concerns and all the excitement around it, there's still a lot of uh, a lot of education to be done around uh, AI. Uh, about 50% then of the survey uh, people uh, disagreed with the statement that they were very familiar with it. And uh, of those who said they were familiar with chat GPT, uh, just a little more than half. How much would that be, James? 50%? More than 51%? Yes, yes. In, in this case, it was a 51%. Uh, uh, we're concerned about whether I, AI tools could actually uh, improve internet safety. So a uh, lot to be learned out there yet about uh, AI and uh, chat GPT. Of course, as I said, those of us who are in this business uh, know a fair amount about it or have, have talked about it and, and read about it, but uh, still a lot of education to go out there. And it's going to continue, I think, to be a hot topic through the rest of this year. And it's probably something that there's going to be. We've seen a number of policies come down from companies regarding use of AI and chat GPT. And, and it'll be interesting to see if uh, there is legislation eventually uh, that comes out that tries to, in fact, restrict uh, some use of AI because of the concerns around it. What do you think? Yeah, it's really kind of could go a lot of different ways. We wrote a little bit earlier about um, that big Sam Altman um, Senate hearing and him getting a lot of a lot of praise for um, calling for regulation, but then there's also, we, we spoke to an Omnia analyst and he's like, well, he's calling for regulation, but the regulation would kind of more impact uh, OpenAI's competitors who are trying to be open source. And so there's some, there's some, uh, it's a question of like, who's gonna kind of have power going forward and who's gonna be most impacted by regulation. And uh, it's really, it's really this, open frontier and uh, people are kind of making a land grab to get on the right side of regulation. So anyone's guess as to where that goes. Absolutely. All right. Uh, thank you all for joining us on episode. What did we say? What number was this again, James? It's, well, it's the quiz and sentinel. Um, quiz yes. and bioluminescententiel um, article. Uh, starring Demi Lovato. So 125, I think. Yes. And I'm glad you sort of remembered the word, showed you were, showed you were paying attention uh, at the beginning of the podcast. It's tough because it's not only numbers, but it's numbers that I have to spell. It's very difficult. You're putting me through a lot, Craig. Do you, do you have a favorite, favorite number? Uh, 1105. Always has been. Nice. Yep. What, what? That's uh, that's. I, I gotta ask. What uh, is there any significance? Most people will say like a single digit number, or maybe right. eight digits. What? Uh, oh, is that a date? That's November fifth. Does that mean anything? My birthday is November fourth, but I don't know. I just it's hard to figure out what what makes would make that attractive to the mind of a child. But like, 
I just, I always was into that number and I just, I've always stayed loyal to it. That's very nice. Very yeah. unusual, but very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really have, you know, I, yeah, I don't really, I guess I, if somebody asked me, it would be like seven, but everybody, like half of the people say their favorite number seven because it's supposedly lucky, but yeah. Great number. Honestly, great number, Craig. You're down with it? Yeah. Okay. Thank you again for joining us. We'll try not to get as derailed on our next podcast, which will be number what, James? Uh, that that's one twenty. That's that's Camp Rock, Selena Gomez. Uh, that's one twenty six. <laughs> Very nicely done. Uh, if you'd like to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and James. You can go just about anywhere you get your podcast. We're also obviously now on Vimeo. You can catch both audio and video versions. Where, James? On our new site. Channelfutures.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we'll catch you again next time. Many pleasant returns of the day, folks. Okay, by my count, James said... 25 numbers in this podcast funny part is with all my prompting i think i might have said more numbers than he did mm -hmm.